Hey everybody, Kip here. I just want to let you know this is an episode 190 of Common Ride with me. This is our book club podcast looking at our sixth chunk, episodes 26 through 30 of Common Ride Advice. We'll be back again in two weeks to look at our seventh chunk, episodes 31 through 35. And then also next week, the yearly podcast will come out with a double dose of Common Ride and Keith looking at episodes 40 through 43. And... Action! everybody listening to come and ride with me this is episode 190 we are 10 episodes away from the big 200 this is uh the book club podcast one of our two shows this is the show that we look at things uh in a book club format over the course of several months i'm your host kip and with me is david hey david what's up hey good morning or evening i guess for you yeah times are weird with that but you're boarding by evening mm-hmm. like two ships in the night uh I guess we're two ships that are night and day. Whatever. You know. The sun. How's it work? It doesn't work. Yeah. Oh, uh, when we sync up, like the big thing that like time, but is a great podcast resource for people uh, mm-hmm. is uh, it always has a like day. And I guess it's never the same day for you. And today's World Chocolate Day. World Chocolate Day. Uh, mine never told me it was World Chocolate. It was mine say. Um. Nothing. It just says, fuck you. You live in Yokohama. So, okay, cool. Yeah. Okay. I guess technically July 7th would have been World Chocolate Day, but I'm in the future in July 8th. So in Japan, do they do get a free slushy at 7-Eleven or no? No, they don't have a slushy machine at 7-Eleven here. Wait, what? That's crazy talk. What's like the definitive like 7-Eleven thing then? Fried chicken. Okay. Not like a bad roller taquito thing. <laughs> no, I mean, it's in like a hot like box thing, but it's like, OK, actually. Because like, um, like, like in Japan, they really like fried chicken or there's like a really big brand of fried chicken, right? Uh, They just like fried chicken in general, I think. I thought there was like some fried chicken that was like a big fast food restaurant people like that, like wasn't KFC, but something else. I don't know. I mean, there there kind of is, but yeah, I mean, chicken's good. People like chicken. No, it's pretty good. Um, there's one other day that it was today, though, or for July 7th. And uh, that is the 20th anniversary of podcasts. Podcasts oh. can finally almost drink. Oh, OK. There you go. How when did you listen to like to your first podcast? Because for me, it was <sighs> after 2003. Definitely. Oh, God. Uh, I feel like I've been listening to when I would have to see when the podcast started. Because like in the last five years, I feel like it got big and I feel like people started to know about it in like 10 years ago. But those first 10 ish years, like before, like 2012, I feel like podcasts were pretty. Yeah, know? I think I probably started listening around 2010. Which seems okay. about right because I listened to uh, the Giant Bombcast. Yeah, almost from its inception. 
so and they started in 08 which was kind of like one of the really first podcasts so i didn't know you were a giant bomb person because giant bomb was really big for me too like i was listening mm. to them forever me too i i had listened to jeff since his GameSpot days, so when he got fucking canned for that Kane and Lynch shit, yeah, no, that was one of those things. There's like so we like it's so hard to like describe to people. Like even like I'm like still like supporting Nextlander and Jeff and like mm-hmm. now not Waypoint but like Remap Radio, and I'm like oh cool. Like there's all this stuff, but in the heyday, like mid 2010s and stuff, mm-hmm. they were just like putting out intense amounts of quality stuff like every day there was like a couple hours of like great stuff coming out it is it is such a shame what that website has become now yeah and like i feel bad for thinking that and like i like jan well enough i don't it's it's bad (laughs) jan was the last person that like i like met when they were still kind of doing something i was like oh jan's okay Mm. but um, like around what time did you drop off? Because I dropped off in the past couple of years, honestly. Oh, I dropped off ooh, probably shortly after, maybe shortly after Austin left. Did you ever follow Waypoint or no? I did for a little bit, but never. I could never really get into their their podcast, to be honest. They started to become a little bit better at like balancing like being giant bomb like and like being much more like media crit, but like their offshoot show now is probably like my favorite thing. Like his uh Star Wars show is good, his like his like um actual play podcast this is like good, but like what like Waypoint became, like even after he left it kind of became like like really mm. cool too. Uh but yeah. Um I left around the time I think like Dan Reichert left mm, the the first time. <laughs> yeah, the first time. And like uh, then I like super checked out like whatever I was checked in, I think when Jeff left, I, like, oh, when Jeff left, I'm like, the dream is dead. Like, yeah, it's over. <laughs> like, I wasn't checked in, but I was at least like still subscribed to the podcast, if that makes mm-hmm. sense, and ignoring it every week. But then when Jeff left, I was like, ah, yeah, no. Yep. And um, speaking of dates, like this week was uh, the 10th anniversary of when Ryan Davis died, too, which was like, wow, yeah, I can't believe 10 years like that's way longer than I thought. doesn't feel like 10 years. Like I tried to describe to somebody like the like Nintendo DS, like eShop music and like they didn't get it. And I was like, well, it's the eShop music. Don't you know the eShop music? Yeah, it's like important for uh, jokes and bits and uh, um, I'm trying to think even like what if you don't know Giant Bomb, look up Fireboilts, look up um, like Saucepan Man and Snooky the Fairy. There's lots of great Fireboilts. <laughs> Executables. Yeah. Oh, um, never. Never. Skate for. <laughs> oh yes skate for my guy skate for my boy yes <laughs> uh yeah that's that's some good old classic giant bomb though it is and just uh yeah um that is one of the good ones and i'm sure there's 
there's some people that are like, oh, well, I was just reading Homestuck. And I was like, well, sorry, not as good as Giant Ball. I was having taste. My bad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Enjoying the discourse. Mm-hmm. Damn. Uh, that is a trip down memory lane, though, because that is just a classic. I don't even know like where to how people start on Giant Ball. So just like, hey, if you want to like go back to like 2011 and like listen to several four hour podcasts, you could enjoy that. I guess <laughs> there's a lot of them. Yeah, I'd not listen to the GameSpot days, but I listened to the uh, Gizmondo story about the guy who like hid the gun in somebody's car or whatever. It said like somebody else crashed his car. That stuff was always peak. Oh, dude, I just remember Jeff's fucking uh, police raid burnout stories like forever in my brain. Yeah, that house he lived in and like the, the house girls and the pizza. Yeah. 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 Oh, fuck. The cla- that classic. Um, How did we get here? Oh, um, <laughs> first podcast. So I started a little bit earlier. I listened to like the official like Bungie podcast before Halo 3 came out. And then that led me to like cheap ass gamer and like pod toyed then to giant bomb. Mm. I think. Yeah, I think like I I just listened to giant bomb like that was it like it was giant bomb and nothing else and then branched out afterward after uh, bombcast died because back in the day not to sound old like you had to go onto itunes go to the show you wanted to download and then manually add that or something uh, you dude know? i i fucking i fucking just played it in the browser <laughs> yeah like i would go to giant bomb and play it from their browser Oh, when I was like in like middle school or high school, ever like whenever like we got like phones, um, I like went from having a flip phone to um to my bio dad being like, "Hey, I want us all to be able to call uh to reach each other. So to do that, we all need to be using BlackBerry Messenger. So we all got given Blackberries one Christmas. What the fuck?" So I had like a Blackberry and like an iPod touch. That was like my like go kit, you know, and like it's so funny now thinking how both those things are just one thing that does it all so much better. Mm-hmm. But like for a minute, like I was just like, OK, get my black jeans on, get my iPod, get my Blackberry, get my watch and maybe that kind of past is what is being harkened back to with the technological stylings though of comrade fies oh most definitely he's got a flip phone they don't show it much but the weird like tablet that like kiba has is great Mm -hmm. i always wanted one of those when i was like a super young kid i don't know what they do they just take notes i think they're just like notebooks but digital Um, yeah something like that it's like they can't do much like maybe for, for like sending emails yeah, yeah the palm pilot yeah that's exactly what they were palm pda uh personal digital assistant they can make calls i don't know they might be able to i think they were like everything that an iphone can do except for they couldn't play music and they couldn't make phones so they were just like the browser and some apps <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's really weird to think about but no um to get back to my segue, though, Kevin Ryder Fies, when technology was men in the early 2000s 
and we're here to talk about uh, episodes uh, 26 through 30, the next five episode chunk. We're officially in less charted territory for me starting this chunk. I was like, I don't know what the hell happens from here. And then as it went on, I was like, oh, I, I like remember arcs a little bit, but this is much less what I know now. It's uh, it's definitely a thing. Yeah. Uh, some big stuff in this one. <laughs> sometimes you watch like a tv show and you're like man this show just needs to do what it wants to do with no limits and cop murder fives does what it wants to do with no limits i think at times i wonder how the show got made but yeah it's yeah (laughs) yeah that's all we can really say um but episode 26 enter delta and yeah um to recap from last time they were at a lab and Kusika's dad was there and he was like weird, not photographed properly and gave Kusika mm-hmm. a cool kick and said, fight till you're victorious. And yeah, we just opened uh, the end of 25 where he kills the rabbit. And then it's like, yeah, just keep fighting, man. You got it. And that's the it. one person I would say does not need any encouragement is Kuska. Actually, he just no, he, he needs he, no reinforcement. He's like, no problem, Dad. Yeah, kill a man, sure. Man, Kuska is feeling himself this time, and this chunk he's just like, just like playoff game, just getting ready as a hater and plus more. Mm. And like twenty six starts with like this whole like seed of like Mari asking about their dad, and like Katero's like. Oh, like I want to talk too. And then, like, Takumi's just a fucking asshole to him. Like, shut up, you. Dude, I don't know what, like, what is with Takumi in this set of five episodes? He is such a fucking asshole to Keitaro. Yeah. Like, way more than is fucking necessary. And, like, you see, like, Keitaro, like, breaking the fourth wall, like, kind of be like, how come I don't know stuff? And, like, please tell me things. Please see me in the loop. And because multiple times in this show, somebody's got thrown in the river. Somebody's ended the episode with missiles coming at them. Or Keitaro hasn't learned a vital plot point. Right. He's like, I don't know what's going on anymore. Yeah. But then, like, um, Kuska's like, oh, well, he adopted a lot of orphans. And like Mari's like, for what reason? He's like, well, because he loves us. He's a good person. He's the kindest man I ever knew. And then like, it just, man, Takabi's like watching this and like, he's not going to tell Mari, but also like, it's so weird what he will and won't tell her. Like, it's weird. Like he and like Kuska have like an understanding. Like in my mind, just tell Mari everything. <laughs> right. You would think, right? Like she's supposed to be an adult. We do find out later that she is 16, which I didn't realize was like canon. Oh, okay. Which is cool, I guess, that they, but they don't treat her younger than Takumi or like anyone else. Maybe it's just because they're like, they're closer in age. So it's a little bit like less weird. But at the same time, wait, but then does that not make like almost all of them like 17, 18? In the scene, I think that. It's like uh, Takumi and Kimura are 18. And I guess like Yuka and Mari are 16. Mm. I guess that maybe Kiba's probably 18 or 19. It's hard because he was like dead for two years. He feels like he's older. 
I don't really know because like maybe it's the actors ages matter but I kind of assume that everyone here is like 17 to 19 right maybe they're 18 yeah I don't know but no um we do get to see the appearance of your favorite food though yeah umeboshi there it is (laughs) I don't get it I don't get it why does he love this is it like just like funny to him I I don't know I maybe it has to be because like there's no other reason for it yeah um and also more people need to pick up on what's going on with like Kuzuka though because he like tells Mari oh the Rusei school was fun I have no bad memories and his reason for loving Mari is that she saved him from being bullied at school yeah and then like (laughs) immediately after she's like oh yeah there's a kid that also bullied me in school Sounds great. And the way, like, in the next scene, like, Catero is like, school sounds fun. I was bullied a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. By this kid named Sawada. He won't come up at all. Nope. Not relevant, ever. <laughs> and then it's just like, oh, he probably liked you. She's like, oh, really? <laughs> and that won't come up either. Like, <laughs> there's a, a trope. There's yeah, a couple of tropes, I think, that um come in this arc or, like, the show in general but i like mari is just like so normal that she's special sometimes or she's like oh like everyone secretly loves right, her yeah you know it's kind of funny how much it's happened it's only happened twice so far but it's still kind of weird or three times i guess but like at least like with kaido he has kaido points yeah right yes exactly it's like oh it's not for no reason he he's just, he's kind of weird yeah um but the next scene, though, is Lucky Clover is with the presidents and they're like enjoying the metaverse or like in this liminal space looking at industrial art. Yeah, they're like in a fucking weird like liminal space where like there's like floating <laughs> paintings. I'm like, where the fuck do you find these places? And it's all like metallic and cut up. It's like, how do you there's no obvious door. Right. Yeah, it's fucking it's just weird. And like, just I love how this show is just committed to bullshit, though, because like what the president said is art is truly a puzzling concept. A piece mm-hmm. can be a perfect 10 or a pathetic zero. And that's even more true for the greatest of masterpieces. And it's very funny because he plays Kaoru's dad and Garo, who's an artist. And just like, <laughs> oh, okay. You know, I, I never thought about that. But yeah, that's true. Uh, I'm like, this is like such a meaningless thing to say yeah like okay like what what relevance does that have to the conversation like i don't understand and also like i've been to museums and like to galleries there's some really good art i would like give a seven no sometimes you still like stuff um and like he's trying to make this point of like it's worth emulating wouldn't you say to have value to be good and that's like what the Lucky Clover makers, the Lucky Clover members take from it. And then he's like, oh, if that's how you want to interpret what I say, I'm more disappointed than Matt. Well, how did you want me to interpret it then? Maybe you should just explain it to me in plain Japanese. The press is honestly, he's started to become funnier and funnier to me, especially as like, um, he just comes off as like this weird pre- Pretentious fucking dickhead. Oh, what's his place? Oh, I'm like, 
who's the Crystal Palace guy again from like Changeron? He's more and more like him. The Crystal Palace guy. Oh, uh, the like guy who made Changeron and like Mortgage's house. Oh, um, oh fuck, what's his name? Fucking Young Gonza. I don't remember his actual <laughs> character name. Yeah. <laughs> um, Munkata. Munkata, that's his name. Yes. Yeah. And just, I just love how the Prez is just slowly becoming like more and more of just like a big joke in the best way. I love, I just, I I went to the Wikipedia page to look up uh, Munakata. And it's like the description, Chief of Psyduck. He is anguished that the government doesn't believe that Dark Side exists. Especially, he is afflicted by financial problems and Psyduck's development fund is supported by his own property. Oh, man. I somebody needs to send us the changer on like 2003 like audio drama. I really want to know what that is. We can't cover it unless like we just like have you cover it, David. But I just want to have it. I want to know what yeah, it is. It's, yeah, it would take me forever to translate. But I'm more saying like your notes or like your summary would like. Ah, I see. work there because like translating a whole like drama is probably too much there but um essentially though um in the scene though what happens is um they talk about the old prez being cursed into darkness after he betrayed smart brain and there's darkness in the world that cannot be allowed to resurface and question mark question mark question mark yeah they're not very specific they're just like they're just like speaking in like vagaries they're like oh the orphanuck king and oh the president gets sent to the basement and it's like okay but why and like she he, he says darkness and it's like is he just being very literal that he's underground or is he like yeah 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 exactly <laughs> like or is he actually like literally banished into like a fucking you know like some weird science experiment happened with the belts and that's why he's like stuck in a He's he's literally stuck in the darkness of the basement because he can't leave. Like we saw him be a different frame rate than everybody else. So it's like, oh, That's something true. happened to him. Is he like actually stuck? But like he leaves and then in the liminal space, that's when like Psycho's like, uh, he's changed. We may need to clash with him. And they're like, oh, would Kitsaki be on his side or ours? Um, and then also the presence like with smart lady and she has a new car now that's not a sports car I guess eventually like they told him hey you can't just have a like sports car for the side character once in a while just have a normal car <laughs> and, the, and then just yeah if, if you have it you better use it all the fucking time I was so surprised how much they used it I was like this character does not need this but cool I mean hey if you got it it's on rental might as well use it yeah so after this, um, fucking Kaska and Takumi have a a talk about like um, being sensitive about telling Mari <laughs> about what they saw in the basement. They're like, you should probably tell her that your dad is a fucking weirdo orphanock man hiding in the basement. And he's like, I can't. We can't do that. And he's like, why the hell not? <laughs> And I love what a shitbird he is. Like, you're just insensitive. Oh, you see? That was really that was really insensitive. And like Takumi's like, I know you're fucking shit, dude. I know what you are. Yeah, this is coming from the the fucking incel 
last set of episodes, like talking about being sensitive, like, come on, who are you trying to fool? You know what? Sometimes he just bullshits and like he just hopes people are too nice to call him on it. Kind of. Yeah. Something like that. But he gets a call from Rena, who is one of the uh, the uh, Ryuse Academy students. And he's like, oh, uh, I got to go to our secret meeting. Bye. <laughs> and then Mari and Takumi are like, nah, you, you don't get to do that again. Like, we're going to go with you. And all three of them fucking peel out on bikes. And Kato's like, where's everyone going? What's going on? He's like, you guys don't tell me shit. He's like, this is bullshit. And he kicks the shit out of a cone. He's like, this is bullshit. And is that where he's like, they're so mean and like takes out markers and makes help wanted shines. I'll I'll show them. Yes, he makes help wanted signs. I'll show them. I'm going to replace them. Man, Katero is uh, really struggling in these episodes, I think. Just mm-hmm. he's going through every emotion, including some that don't really exist except for in a scene by Inoue, but that'll come up later. Um, and like, I love how, like, in that last scene, though, like, we hear Chris go, like, Delta Belt dramatically, and then be like, oh, nothing. Anyway, right. <laughs> yeah. What are you talking about? Uh, d- mm, I don't know. And the next scene, they're all driving in formation when a random dude shows up and just kicks Kuska in the bike. Yeah. Off the road. <laughs> off the road. That seems dangerous. And there's lots of not super important Ruse dudes. So this is the ambient guy again. Yeah. This guy cannot. This guy cannot fucking act. I'm sorry. He's fucking <laughs> awful. Like as far as like Japanese drama acting goes. This guy is the fucking worst. He's he's like, does this guy have a career after this? I hope not. I don't know. Um, I don't know how to search his name. Just ambient guys probably are going to show up. Uh, his name is Masato. Uh, Kyosuke. No, sorry. His name is Kyosuke. But it doesn't really matter because he's a fucking dickhead. I bet not. Cause like as much as like we talk about these shows, like being like, a bunch of young ass cast getting to be in stuff. Um, yeah, I. It only says Shun Sakai played Kiyosuke in Combarter Fives. There you go. Good. Um, there's a manga artist. Uh, he's the artist for Food Wars. That's a different guy, I think. A hundred percent. That's a different person. Yeah. So yeah. Unless there's some way to check, I'm just gonna check this guy's wiki. But it's definitely a different person, right? Yeah, yeah, if for sure. I don't think it's the same guy. <laughs> Man, I was so bad at Carbrider Fives that I'm gonna write harem time. That's definitely a different guy. Yeah. I didn't know that the Food Wars guy wrote hentai. You know what? Never mind. Yes, Th- that yes, was you a did. dumb thing. Yes, you did. Come on. If you've seen Food Wars, you definitely know that he has. I've seen people reacting to Food Wars. I never watched an episode. But uh, like, it was, oh, it's the orgasm like beef show, right? Beef very Wellington. Um, but no. So, yes, he's very upset because he wants to know where's the other guy with the button down shirt who has the Delta belt. You tricked him and you t- took the belt. And then like that's when like he's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And then that's when Rena shows up, or is it somebody else? Is it Rena? Yeah, Rena. Rena pulls up on her bike. She's like, "Stop being an idiot. Chill." And he wants to kill 
Kuzuka here, and like they like chill by going to a pier full of pigeons to talk. Mm-hmm. And they're like, "Oh, there's a third belt that Father sent us. This one anyone could use, and its power is so great that you can take over the world." And it's clear that there might actually be side effects to this belt. Quite possibly. Yeah, uh, yeah. It definitely seems like uh, there's there's some side effects to this belt. And they get a call from the dude um, who who they think has it, and then that's when Kuska tells Takumi to leave, and then they go off to go find this dude as Takumi goes off somewhere else. Um, mm-hmm. And then we get a very special scene, which I was waiting so long. I was like, hopefully they don't hate this show because I want them to reach this scene. Are you talking about the the fucking bus, right? The bus. Save the Earth bus. Oh, my God. (laughs) So when this got released on DVD, this show used different music. I was very excited to see that this sub used the DVD like audio or no, um, use the like TV show airing audio for its track here. Um, mm-hmm. but I think you should describe the scene, David. <laughs> okay, so God, like, there's a there's a bus and it drives into a fucking tunnel in like the mountains in Japan, and there's just, this guy just playing with a fucking origami crane, and he's listening to music on headphones, and at first I'm listening to it, I'm like. Is he listening to fucking like jump by crisscross? I'm like, what the like what the fuck is this? It is not. It is like some kind of fucking remix. But it just repeatedly says the N-word over and over and over again. Which fine, if the rapper who's saying it is black, then cool, whatever. But he just lights his fucking origami crane, throws it on the ground, turns into an orphanoc, and murders everyone on the bus while this song is playing. There's like no background sound effects of him doing anything. It's just this song. And it just it's on like a 20 second loop. The song, if you want to find it, will be in the notes, but it is a wanna jump parentheses dirty by crooklyn clan now my question is like how the hell did you end up finding this song right like as as like a (laughs) japanese producer like this is such a like a weird fucking deep cut like weird song to pick to put in like a fucking tv series you know (laughs) that is that's a very important question however um what (laughs) what what happened (laughs) like you've told me in like the like in response to this though that you hear a lot of strange music in japan though yes yeah occasionally um i i just have to assume that it's just people like don't speak english so they're like oh this is cool rap song and then they just play it right because there's times when i've been shopping at like um this place called Ito Yokodo which is like a big um this is when I first moved here it's like a big shopping like center but anyway I'm I'm in like their grocery section and they're just playing like the uncut version of rap songs at full fucking blast over the intercom and I'm just like cuz I'm the only one clearly in there that understands English so I'm like what the fuck is going on it's so weird you said you heard shots, right? Like the yes. like 
the uncut the, uh, the uncut explicit version of LMFAO <laughs> featuring little little John's shots. Shot, so, shot, 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 and suck our cocks. Yeah, just like screaming. So I'm I'm in the I'm in the fucking like produce <laughs> section. If you're not getting drunk, get the fuck out the club. If you just like I'm just like what the fuck. <laughs> and you said that became like your life motto at that moment, right? Oh yeah. I mean it's true. If you're not getting drunk, get the fuck out the club. What? Why are you here? That sounds like terrible music to shop to. I, dude, I don't know what was going on there, but like, imagine if you just heard loud people just. So that song is like, there's no like bridge to that song that's like mellow. It's like all song all the time. Mm-hmm. So, to answer your question though, I think that maybe this was just a random song that got big. I also think that like, know how like it's a joke that like. And then, like, it's, like, real, but it's also a joke that, like, oh, this band is really big in Japan. Sure. I bet there's some people who will try and bring their catalog or just go as artists to Japan and either say they're big or, like, court being big in Japan. Like, being like, oh, like this is, like, really innovative music we have or something. Maybe I, I don't know to be honest. Um, I do need to share with you though. Uh, it's in our chat though. I found a picture of the Crooklyn Clan. Um, now maybe their friend Fat Man Scoop was on this song, but yeah, Crooklyn Clan sounds far, far, far too close to Ku Klux Klan. I'm just gonna say. <laughs> What's the blackest way we could say Ku Klux Klan? Yeah. So if you notice, the Crooklyn Clan, at least the duo that mm-hmm. is here, does not have any melanin involved. Zero. Know how sometimes like you get to the end of a movie about like some people who like started up a website and then you see that the actual people look nothing like the actors. Yeah. And you're always disappointed. You're like, oh man, you're telling me that like the computer nerd is not some hunky movie actor. How'd that happen? That's kind of the vibe here. It's like, oh, and here were the guys that really made Air Jordans. Right. It was sampling though. Maybe this is like sampling, not the same rules, but I was like, oh man, this is a very white dude. Right, exactly. That yeah. <laughs> it's, it's sampled. It's all sampled. It was like half jump and half whatever, but yeah, such a weird song to be like, and here is our song for this slaughter, this murder on a animal bus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's the weirdest part about it for me. And um, so Sawada, he's like this, he's this like emo guy. He has like his like CD player, like MP3 player has headphones. He is extremely fucking reminiscent. I guess not reminiscent because this predates it, but he looks exactly like, um, uh, what's his name from, uh, Deno. Oh, um, not Kai. You mean like when Ryotro is being possessed by Rutro? Yes, 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 yes. He looks exactly like that. The exact same style. Thin, long hair sad looking um and worth noting that um he is the spider orphanoc i was like okay 
he kind of looks like a spider, but also like his spider form has like the Ebo hair. Mm-hmm. Which is very funny. Um, but yeah, um, he kills a bunch of kids and walks out of the bus. Um, and we see a spider's web with moths captured. And this is not the first time, the last time that we see this friend, though. He'll come back. Um, but the next scene is back in the smart brain speakeasy as the president's <laughs> talking to Psycho. Yeah. <laughs> I love they have a like professional speakeasy like when they don't want to be in their liminal space or their bar here's our other space Mm -hmm. and they they just have like a discussion they're like oh we're we need to replace jay like they've been trying to do for the past like 10 fucking episodes like between like the apartment for the rogues and like the like cleaners and like like the smart brain um speakeasy and the bar and the liminal space this show kind of like just has a bunch of locations that feel like when you're trying to like fight characters in like a Game Boy Advance like Yu-Gi-Oh game where you're like, oh, where's Kaiba? He's over here. Okay. At this liminal space. I got to go fight him. Right. Yeah. It, they don't. It's it's weird. They don't feel connected in a weird way. It's just like, where is this? Like older games where it was like, oh, make sure you select the liminal space on the map and go there to fight Merrick as Joey Wheeler. I don't know. Right. Um, their whole conversation here is basically there's a young boy who wants to join Lady Clover, which isn't really what it is, but that's, that's basically what it is. And then they're like, Oh, what about Kitsaka? Oh, he's troublesome. But yeah, like they're just like testing each other. Like, who's loyal. Who's going to follow smart brand, blah, blah, blah. Uh, because a big thing for Mirakami is this, that, Lucky Clover has to have four members or else it's not lucky. It's, yeah, it's just a regular Clover. And then in the next scene, a girl comes to join the cleaners. And Catero has some trouble not just looking at her like a dentist, just like getting real close and looking at her teeth. Yeah. And it is Kimura. Yes. But Catero needs to learn how to like be chill around like people he finds attractive. Mm-hmm. He basically says, oh, there's lots of part-timers here, but they're, like, not responsible. Like, you can join despite not having experience. And I'm not sure you need experience to, like, work for a, like, cleaner like that, but... I mean, I've only ever seen them iron clothes, so I don't know what cleaning they're actually doing. Their racks seem full, so, like, do they have, like, a machine that does, like, a lot of stuff, too? Maybe, I, I guess. Then Takabi comes home, and then, like... She like walks up to him, bowing. He's just like ignoring her. And then he's like, Wait, Kato, can we talk? You cannot afford to have somebody else working here. You're like barely getting by. But then after they're talking for a minute, um, with Kimura, Takumi sees that she also has a like tender tongue and gets like really close. Like, nice to meet you. I'm Takumi. And then another scene for David. It's party time. Here we go now. Oh man. Yeah. So after they decide they're just going to randomly hire Kimura, um, fucking, <laughs> he goes to, I don't even know, like, where this is, like, a fucking underground club somewhere, I guess. Tokusatsu shows make me think that there are lots of just random daytime clubs in Japan. I mean, there might be. I've never been there, though. Yeah. But uh, he, he still wants to jump in the club, uh, and he, uh, 
Sagawa. Sagawa? That's his name, right? Sawada. Sawada. Sawada shows up, lights his dog. I don't cat. I don't know what that origami looks like, but he uh, he lights it on fire and throws it on the ground. He's like he's like the fucking origami killer, right? Like this feels like in new I read like fucking uh, what's it called? Uh, like the Zodiac killer story. The early scripts are heavy rain. Yeah, exactly. It was like, that seems cool. And yeah, he's just like goes into a club and just murders everyone. It's kind of upsetting because like this is like kind of close to real violence a little bit. Yeah, but it's not even like so like before other Orphanox are like killing people to like make more Orphanox or to feed or whatever. But he's just like, oh, I'm just going to go to a club and murder people because I can. And they're like jumping the railings and he's just grabbing them, murdering them. (laughs) At one point, he slaps three women at the same time, the same slap. And I was like, dude. (laughs) Right. Um, He meets like another orthodox and is like, why are you doing this? Like, because I want to. And then just like starts like beat him up. And then like that guy leaves. Um. And then we see like this shot of Psycho is like really like follows her like ass curve and like goes up her body and is like, ooh, you're awfully busy, my little cub. I mean, like that's her entire like fucking character. Yeah. Is in a way just like I think he's just permanently horny. David Cage with a like budget to like make a live action show, just like live action like has fight scenes kind of i guess i don't know he's not that bad he's just cool david cage he's like hey like what if david cage had some cool shit happen and right this is better than anything that david cage has ever made I'm oh definitely honest with you oh uh, <laughs> uh you don't like um no i don't when he said all lives matter or whatever oh my god it's fucking <laughs> that wasn't him. That was that was uh, Deus Ex. Yeah, you're right. What did they say? Like we have it. His game said we have a dream. I think, and there's something else. Yeah, it's it's something like that. I don't recall it specifically. Anyway, so we cut to the crew finding the park where the crew's finding the other members of Yusei Academy that are fucking dead because I guess they stole the belt from Kyosuke and he's like really angry about it. And they find their like dead bodies in the, in the forest. And God, I cannot speak to how fucking bad Kyosuke's actor is. I like, I'm, I'm so surprised that actually I'm not surprised that he never got another role after this. Cause he's fucking awful. So what are the dudes is still alive. He got jumped by, this other guy Kawachi and like then they're both trying to find him and like this one girl's just like dead like her head got cracked open yeah and, like they both don't care they're like where's the belt I need the belt and then Kawachi gets like the most jumped I've ever seen anybody get yeah he's like under an overpass and the orphanog jumps out from under the overpass and fucking like ranger kicks him <laughs> off his bike as he's driving it and like I went back because at first I thought it was like one moment and then like I saw the cuts. I was like, that's super dangerous. But no, it's like multi cuts. Like, yeah, it was safe, I think. But um, 
it's the club frog guy for some reason. I guess because they have that suit. Yep. Then that's when like Kuzco's like, Kawachi doesn't have the belt. He wouldn't call me if he did. Uh, which is smart. And then like <laughs> Kawachi's just getting strangled. So then Kusika goes and then like shows up as he gets killed and then like goes to fight. And this frog dude has like a syrup squirt gun that is acid, I think. Yes. And then the rest of school shows up and Mari calls Takumi and like the, deeper in the overpass. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Orphanog runs away around a corner and then he he just like dies. Like he just gets murdered by the dude in the Delta belt. And quick five check. What do you think of the Delta suit? I think it looks pretty cool. It's pretty good design. Yeah, it's very it is very um different than Kaija and Fai's, right? It looks more traditional common rider. I think this show does very good with its suits. They all look pretty good. Yep. But it's like when the frog steps out and dies, he's in red flame. And when you're killed by the Delta Belt, you ignite Pink. in red flame, says Gusica. That's magenta. Sure. Okay. Hot pink. It is the hottest pink. It flames. Um, but yeah. And like we only like see like flashes of Delta here because it's like, ooh, who's Delta? And is Delta a friend or foe? And they don't really know. I mean, he's killed an Orphanox, so like I mean he's helped them in some way, but what does that mean, right? Like, mm, who knows? He killed a guy. That's all we know. But that is it for Enter Delta. And now on to Rufse School Breaks Up, which starts with Kiyosuke shaking the dead guy awake and he says Sawada and then dies again. Yep. <laughs> uh, good stuff. And then Mari's like, guys, you've just watched your friends die, multiple of them. Why are you like not upset and only care about the belt? But like, I, yeah. And we find out later on, though, that it's like the belt is so powerful, you actually get like residual fucking powers from the belt. And like why like each belt's very different too. Just like one won't work. One gives you powers and like might mess up your mind. One kills you. Yeah. And then like now the Takumi's there is like, yeah, cool off. And then like butt out. And then like they're like pushing people. They're like throwing people around these dudes. Um that's when Kuska's like, sounds like the school started to sour a bit. And it's like, yeah, blame the guy that stole my belt. And they're like, hey, and then one guy's like, who stole your it's my belt? And then they tussle. And then like that's when Takumi leaves and they all like disperse at this point. Um, and then it's time for Japanese summer noodles. What's this about? Like, what are these, David? Okay, so um, I'm blanking on what these are called. Uh, I've eaten them before. Um, are they good? Yeah, so they're like rice noodle. Like are like a so it's so man noodles. Uh, which are like okay, so man, it's like noodles, cold usually, right? yeah, cold. Um, I forget what it's called. There's like a specific name for it, and I can't. Um, nagashi somen. That's what it is. Okay, so it's basically yeah, like you just send the noodles down a slide. I don't know why. Uh, specifically, you do this. Um, I'm looking now and it was meant to capitalize on hot springs trying to bring coolness to customers during the summer. 
Sure. Yeah. So they would just pour cold water on them. Okay. So, um, udon is thicker than ramen. Soba is thick and buckwheat, and somen mm-hmm. is thin and buckwheat. Is that it? Yes. Yes, that seems about right. Okay. Um. Uh. It's a contraption. They. It, it's something that in Japan people like to do in the summer. I mean, if you know a dude with a with a seven foot long bamboo shoot that he can send noodles down, sure. But like, I don't know anyone who who has that. So you have to kind of go to a place to do it, right? I guess I did just kind of assume this was like a thing people had more, but I guess that's just media. Oh, every yeah, everyone just has a everyone just has a bamboo bamboo shoot for noodles, <laughs> and they're just in their back closet. I mean. <laughs> I have snow pants I never use. You know, it, it, it happens. Sure. <laughs> no, you're right. Uh, I don't know why I assume people had that more than they did. Um, but no. Um, so <laughs> they're doing that. And I mean, I think it's maybe like it's like more of an old Japanese thing. So like the fact that like Kato's parents like have mm-hmm. it kind of makes sense. Maybe. Is it the kind of thing where like. In late June at the store, you can buy a little flute for like 10 bucks or no? Oh, no, no, definitely not. No. Yeah, because I was like wondering, is it like, oh, it's like a blow up cooler or something? No, no. it's definitely not. I've never actually seen one for sale anywhere. So. Well, Takumi's eating and ignoring Kimura and each question that Kidder asks her, she asks him and he's like, I don't care. I got no hobbies. And then we cut to the laundry van. And can you take the scene, Dave? Because I don't know what's going on here. Okay. I'm very confused. So him and Kimura or him, I should say, Keitaro and Kimura are, are driving in their fucking van. And she's just like not having Keitaro's horseshit. Like she like doesn't give a shit. She's like super into Takumi. And he stared at her whatever he can. Yeah. And they're at like a, like a crosswalk, like stopped at a red light or something. And Yuka shows up and, and like thriller music plays like fucking yeah. some of all fears. Tom Clancy. And he's like trying to hide from her and she like walks across the street and then he looks back up and she's like right at his driver's side, like window. And she just looks at him. And fucking like does this creepy ass fucking smile like really like a fucking Japanese horror movie like monster. Yeah. And then just walks away and he's like, what the fuck? And she's still smiling at him as she's walking away. And like in my mind, I was like, is she a fucking praying mantis? Is this like some ghost that can castrate you if you cheat on her? Like what is going on? This Yeah, it fucking weird. She's like a sleep paralysis demon with a bag of two loaves of bread in it. And that's it. Um, and like Kater, I was like, oh, no, I'm the worst. I cheated on her. I was like, dude, you were never dating. You've been on multiple <laughs> dates where she's not cared about you at all. Yeah. Like their one date was like before the multiple Mari Kaido like dates where she hasn't cared about him at all. Right. Yep. Mm hmm. <laughs> So I, I'm not sure why he's like a worried that being in a car with another woman is cheating and B that they were together and C what the fuck was she doing? Cause it never comes back up. 
No, it doesn't. It's fucking weird. Like, I, I don't know. I think based on events, it's like she realizes he was playing around or something, which she wasn't. He was trying to, but I don't know. Um, <laughs> so then he gets honked at at this green light. And then we cut to Kiba and Kaido. And Kiba's like looking from his eyes at Kaido, who's just like completely still and not moving. <laughs> He's catatonic in the corner. And Kaido just growls when he tries to touch him. Um, and then he says, Do you need anything? And Kaido says, Sour kelp. And then Kiba's like, Okay, I'm going to go try and find it. He's in his car trying to get sour kelp. And he's like, Stop super dramatic. He's like, you again as he sees the poetry guy just sitting on some stuff I was like keep driving no i do yeah man like don't stop why are you stopping chakum was like executing you was my first task i'm going to completely rethink of my pride there's this cool cut where like the camera doesn't cut so it's just like goes to kiba then to takuma then back to kiba but he's like now like his horse form back to, to takuma but he's now a like centipede it's like oh cool and they fight um and like <laughs> Then Kato is driving and he's like looking at Kimura as he's driving. It's like extremely dangerous. He's he's rough at this. Yep. And they immediately run into both of those dudes fighting like around their car. And they're like, ah, get out. They can't get out. out. They're on this side fighting. And then he's like, I'll get out this side. And then they like roll around to the other side of the van. He's like, I can't get out this side. It makes me think of, um, that scene from the Simpsons where like Smithers can't escape the butts. <laughs> yeah, he's just he's just stuck, right? Uh, but he calls Takumi, and then like we see like the centipede suit, like it's super soggy grass by this bulwark, like stalking into the woods. Mm-hmm. And then Delta's there in the grass and comes out and gets him. <laughs> I guess he. I mean, he doesn't die, but yeah, he he gets got. He gets his ass kicked about dying a lot. This show, sometimes like, like I think people just like to like haze him. Really, is the truth. Um, and then that's when Takumi pulls up to the most CG like tree on fire I've ever seen. Oh yeah, it's it's rough. <laughs> it's great. I love it. He pulls up and there's this tree that's on fire, and like it's like multiple places are on fire on the tree, but the whole tree's not on fire. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it's. It's weird looking. Kimura pulls up like, oh, what's going on? What were those monsters? But she like clearly has uh, her bag with her. It's like, oh, yeah, we know what bags mean in this show. Um, and then um, we cut to the restaurant now, I think. Yes. Where the Rusei Academy people are just like having a chat about like, oh, yeah. Remember Rusei Academy? Swata would never murder people. And they're like, no, he he definitely would murder people. <laughs> Like he's he's not a nice person. He's definitely a psychopath. They're like, let's go and uh, go find him. So, <laughs> fucking the one guy gets up and he's like, oh, I'm gonna take Mari with me. Let's we'll go find the guy. Grabs her, pulls her out of the restaurant, pushes her up against a car, and then just punches her in the fucking stomach. Which is instant knockout for at least sixty minutes in media at this point. Yes. I can't say I've ever been hit in the in the stomach and passed out. It works when the power of God and anime is on your side, I think. Yeah, exactly. Um, And then like the other dude, like Yosuke comes out and was like, hey, good idea. 
I would have done that. So of course, Kasuga comes out and sees that Mari's been like Mari's like on the ground. So he's like, "Oh, what the hell?" and he starts fighting them and they just kick his ass. Because apparently, like I said before, the belt gives you residual powers and they like light him up with like pink electricity. Yeah, they're pink taser hands. <laughs> yes, <laughs> pink taser hands. It's true. <laughs> You're not wrong. And, like, they decide to work together until they get the belt back, and then they're going to fight to the death or whatever. Right. And then uh, we're back to the dry cleaners, and Kimura's just staring at Taku. He's like, what are you looking at? And she's like, oh, well, like, Kanero told me about the monsters at Fies. And he's like, stop fucking staring at me. Yeah, she's being, like, really creepy at this point. Yeah. But, you know, it's Takumi. He's just, like, hanging out, having hair, getting stared at. That's his life. And like that's kind of it for that scene. Really. And it's volleyball time, David. And uh yeah, Sawada shows up, he lights a fish on fire. It's at this volleyball gym. Yeah. Yeah, it's in like a volleyball gym. And he just like lights a fish on fire and goes and murders an entire men's volleyball team for some reason. New song though. That's true. He's he's done jumping. Yeah. He's fucking tonight. <laughs> that is a lyric that plays, right? Like I'm not I'm not crazy. It just says we fucking tonight. No, like once these are it's killing, it goes through the course. It's like we fucking tonight. We fucking tonight. Let me Yep, yeah, yes. I'm listening back to it now because I have it open while while we're recapping, but yeah. Great. <laughs> Keep it moving, we fucking tonight. Keep it moving, we fucking tonight. That's my other that's my catchphrase. Um <laughs> And just like this is where I think we're like, uh, uh, it's like, hey, yo, hey, yo, ladies, fellas. And then this is where the camera's like creeping horribly on like Psycho outside. A little bit. Yeah. It likes to. She's there. She knows the assignment, I guess. Um, even more a little later on. But um, we cut to a camera zooming down dark stairways in an abandoned kitchen. Mari is bound and then that's when the boys are fighting over what they'll do once they're delta and they square up as she gets her phone out to text we jump to the speakeasy again <laughs> about just tied them talking about recruiting uh someone new into lucky clover and takuma is like having fucking vietnam flashbacks about fucking delta because like i guess delta <laughs> almost killed his ass a lot of people have Vietnam flashbacks about Delta, actually. That's true. Yes. A lot of people have Vietnam flashbacks to Delta. Like, Delta's coming. He's going to get me. What time with Delta? Um, and like, just this is where the Prez is his best. This whole arc, though, because he's just like, oh, he sounds great. He's young. He's strong. He likes to kill. And then like Psycho is like, yeah, he'll take care of the Delta after he is takes care of his unfinished business the person's like oh what's that and she's like throwing away his humanity he's like Subarashi truly the best of the best <laughs> uh, uh, yeah um, and Mari is still texting while the belt dudes are breaking stuff and he also gets some glass to cut her boundings and then Takumi washing the car washing the car with 
Kimura, and she's she's still trying to like engage with him, talk to him, like, oh, you know, how you doing? Like, what's your dream? And blah blah blah. And he's like, go away. I can do this myself. I don't need your help. Fuck off. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> He's rude, but he's not wrong. He's like, stop looking at me, please. He's like, you're creeping me out. Just leave me alone. Just like in movies where the people at the end of the movie, when you see who actually made that website, aren't as cute. Uh, the people who creep on you at work also aren't as cute IRL. <laughs> so, mm. yeah. But then Mari is cutting herself loose when the boys hear Swata's music and go and look. He's like. I don't have Delta and I'm not here to save Mari. It's time to like get rid of my humanity. I'm going to kill her. And then he just snaps both their necks. Yeah. It's like, fuck. Okay. <laughs> yeah. He has a different assignment here that you get like. To be honest, deserved. They did. Um, And then Takumi and Kuska show up and just get rolled for a minute. Yep. That is the end of 27, though, and up to 28, Dark Clover, um, which starts with the same fight. Yeah, they're they're fighting the they're fighting Sawada. And that's when uh, Delta shows up and he just kind of stands menacingly in the corner. And uh, yeah. And then uh, what's his face? Um, Kaska does his finishing move on Sawada, but he doesn't die. He like, he like whiffs it. He like misses and he manages to jump away and hide. And Delta's just like in the background being like, I'm mysterious. Just Delta in the background. Just sitting in that cuck chair, watching things go down. Mm -hmm. Maybe someday my turn. Um, but then we see, uh, the orphans all talking about how Saya was the one that got the belt and she must have it now. She can withstand it. She's the strongest and kindest of them all. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I guess like we're just, we're just going to have to go off what you, what you say. Yeah, I hope so. But then we're back to lucky Clover at the bar where the prez is like very happy that the new person is from the Ruse school. And soon we can learn everything. And, Takuma is like, we're retrieving that gear is impossible. And then, well, if it doesn't work, it'll fall to you, Takuma. And he's like, having Cheetos while this is happening? Why are you eating Cheetos, Takuma? That's weird. Did you notice, yeah, like, his weird know. snacks? Like, he had, like, red Cheetos or something? Um, I don't think they're Cheetos. <laughs> they look like flaming Hot Cheetos, which... <laughs> um... Actually, yes, they do. Now that I'm looking at it again, they are definitely flaming hot fucking Cheetos. When did flaming hot Cheetos come out? Did like Fies predict I mean, this? I don't know. I mean, there's probably like things that are similar. When did they? So there's a movie about flaming hot Cheetos out right now because we're in a stupid world. Um, okay, 1992. So I guess. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That that tracks. <laughs> I just don't get why they're giving this fucking dude flaming hot Cheetos at his bar. Like, if I owned a classy bar, I wouldn't have flaming hot Cheetos there. I don't know. That's just me. These Cheetos are making me thirsty. Oh, okay. I getcha. Yeah. It's like uh, how strawberries make the taste of champagne come out. 
Cheetos make the taste of all this drinks come out. Yeah, exactly. And then um, that's when we see first Psycho wonders what Kitazaki up to. And then we see the next scene. So I had a question. Has Kitazaki appeared before? Because I didn't recognize him. And like, did I just like block him out of my fucking memory? This is his first appearance. Okay. That's what I, I, I wondered. I'm like, who the f- in this show? Okay. Okay. Has he been in another show? Well, I'm like, I, you might know him as Ray or zero from Garo. Oh my God. I'm like, why does he look so fucking familiar? It is him, isn't it? Yeah, it is him um, two years before. So he um, is played by Ray Fujita, who is half Japanese and half French. Um, so, yeah, he is in a lot of toku, honestly. Um, That's why I was like, I was like, why have I like his face looks so familiar? I'm like, has he been in this series before? <laughs> like, where the fuck is he from? Yeah. In my mind, I was like, who is this guy? Like, when I saw him, I was like, oh, this guy. Like, when I watched the show before, then I thought back. I was like, wait, he's definitely something else. But yes, he is a main character in Garo as well. The There you go. He's right. Yeah. Okay. That makes I'm like, okay. Now it's I'm suddenly starting to be like, okay. Yeah. That's why. That's why he looks so fucking familiar. Okay. Yeah. So he is a staple of shows that we've watched, I guess. Yeah, he's he's another constant. And um we got in there actually quick tangent um to this weird rabbit hole that I fell down to, but the actor for Sawada, Go Ayano, mm-hmm. is actually a pretty prolific actor. He has the uh 2014 Japanese Academy Award or whatever it's called for like the best rookie and then he's in 2014's The Light Shines Only Here, which won best movie. Wow. Okay. So he he went he he got an actual career after this. Like randomly, ten years later, he starts to be in like three TV shows and two movies like a year up till now. Weird. I w- I wonder why. Like specifically, then, like why there's such a gap. Um, he has some stuff. Like I think he's like in things, but like the rookie thing confused me. But he's in stuff. Like he's in like um. Gantz in like 2011 he's in um Rurouni Kenshin in like 2012 but he gets a newcomer award uh but yeah um he's in a lot though he's just like from this point on like he's in something a year and then he starts being in like 15 things a year you know right okay wow hmm and uh that light only shines their movie um won that like award of the uh best movie but um it also stars another common writer actor masaki suda who is in a lot of these mm-hmm. as well um he was in Rider double as the character philip he's pretty popular in like modern dramas i guess okay and then i like read the synopsis and i was like okay run down shack by the beach and family and i was like wait this reminds me of something and the light shines only here is based off of <laughs> Betty Blue, the French film that was also what an episode of Changer On was based off of. If you remember, oh my god, it's all connected. <laughs> follow the money. Yeah, we gotta follow the money there. But I was like, wait, what? Um, if you remember, there was like this random episode of Changer On where this girl like 
died in front of a French poster and then like stuff happened. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> yes. Right. Yes. Uh, that's like, yeah, it's in my brain. Like I remember seeing that. What the fuck? That's a really weird. Just it doesn't mean anything. It's just weird. <laughs> yeah, that's so the fuck like i read the plot and i was like what's that plot that was the plot of that change around thing and i saw this and yeah it's just weird to be like i guess they like japanese cinema or they like to base stuff off of french cinema in modern asian film i guess um but yeah so the most successful actor fr- from fies is so <laughs> good for him weird okay good for him that's your weird tangent for garo and for change around for this episode more to come maybe um and uh, yeah apparently he's just like super fucking powerful because whenever someone touches him they just turn to ash yeah. instantly oh yeah because kizaki's getting mugged and like one dude touches him dies and one dude punches him and dies and then he asks is punching people fun is mugging people fun because he's one of these uh another character from this era of of yeah japanese media just like what's exciting and there was a, a character based off of him in kamarakiva um but yeah so he's just like what's fun and he chases this guy and he like destroys this park to get this guy it's like the end of terminator or something yeah it looks like a bomb went off and we just cut to the dry cleaners um and katero's like building up this new girl is like she's 18 <laughs> she's cool come on and they're just like ugh. and mari's just having a fucking vietnam flashback again she's like yeah because she knows that sawada wants to kill her but she believes in him and worth noting at this point we haven't seen and might not until next episode any of the characters from uh the other arc like no Kiba or actually like a little bit of Kiba a little bit of Kaido but like they're not for in here right now but um so Mari and Kuzka haven't met Kimura yet but he's 18 that's cool says Kitaro I guess he's a real nice guy this Kitaro and then um they're talking about how like Sawada's good and then I think like Takumi says something like He's killed two of your classmates. And the caterer was like, wait, what? <laughs> huh? Huh? Ooh. And then more Takuma tweaking. Because, like, he's at the bar when, like, Kitaka comes up. And he's on this bench when, like, Kitaka comes up. And I was like, what are you reading? Some weird books. His face gets, like, noogied. And he's, like, slightly, like, ashing. A little bit. Yeah, he starts falling apart. Man, Takuma can't. Can't catch any breaks. Delta's bullying him. Kitsaka's bullying him. <laughs> um, and then we cut to Kimura showing up for work. So she shows up for work. She passes out. Takumi ends up like talking to her, and she's like, "Oh, you're you're a really nice person, aren't you, Inui-san?" Like after he's just been like an abject fucking dickhead asshole this entire fucking time. And like just to uh, connect those scenes, actually, um. It's slightly later on, but like she starts to ask him, um, what's like your reason for fighting? Yeah, she's like, what do you fight for? 
and then like i think that he brings it up or she brings it up like in 10 years like what will you be doing or something and he's like oh nothing if i'm alive in 10 years and then she's like oh like you help lots of people like you helped me by blowing on my food mm-hmm. interesting i think this might this how have people been helped in 10 years might come up in a Kamen Rider crossover movie like this conversation right it's weird okay yeah I don't want to say too much but like there's a movie where all of the like 70s and 80s show writers decide that they don't like all of the 2000s like 2010s writers and like think that they aren't properly handling their powers and they're like too whiny mm. <laughs> this conversation might actually come up again Okay, weird. Uh, in like 2014. Uh, but no. Um, then we get to Mari and Kuska at the aquatic center. Yeah, they're just having like a discussion about like, oh, does having the belt change your personality or make you evil or, or whatever? And he's like, I don't think so. Maybe. And then he shoots his shot and fails. Not the time. I'm not changed. And one thing that hasn't changed is my feeling for you. <laughs> She's 16 canon. At least two weeks ago, we thought she was 18 canon. Yeah. Uh, but um, then Sawada meets Kizaki and he's like enjoying more generic music now. But then like Kizaki's like, oh, like you're an orphan. Oh, cool murders you did. Yeah. <laughs> cool hallway murder, bro. But then they just use this to show how strong Kitazaki is. Like he just he doesn't even turn into Orphanok form and whoops his ass. Like Sawada's like no chance. Mm-hmm. And then like Kitazaki leaves and then like gets excited, like because like he meets with the president and like Psycho. He's like, These belts might be exciting. Like, why haven't you asked me yeah. to help? And then they like tell him, Oh, you could help if you want. And he's like, Yeah. Yippee. <laughs> yeah, sure. Why not? That's so wizard. So wizard. Uh, then Sawada shows up at the aquatic center. Uh, and he's got those chops, those acting chops. Mm-hmm. He shows up and says, I've always loved you. It's like crying. It's like, dude, this is a Wendy's. <laughs> his is the. The thing that bothers me about Sawada the most is just like him, his fucking hat. It's just that brim is so pointy. True. It's like, oh, yeah, Sawada's not our friend anymore. He's an orphanox, so I'm just going to fucking murder him at the Olympic pool. What does his hat say? It has words on it. I didn't catch them. It it just says um it just says D on it, but then there is words on it, but there's never an angle where you can read them real well. But it is English. That much I know. It's probably something like when in Brooklyn we get rid of our enemies and sometimes we shoot. Yeah, probably. So. It's it's something like that. Like it, it's something fucking goofy. Captain Crunch is good to eat in the morning. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 100%. It's, it's 100% something like that. I guarantee. I so love that. But no. Uh, yes. So keep going. Yeah, they they have they have a fucking fight that like ends up outside. Sawada is beating up Kaija fairly badly. Um you find out after because it cuts back and forth between that fight and uh Takumi back at the 
cleaning place. You find out Kimura is actually Saya, the the person who had the the who is supposed to have the other belt, and she does. But Takumi has to fucking zip out of there. So is this the implication that she was Delta this whole time? Yes, she was going to give the belt to him. She was being Delta. And she was so kind that she didn't covet the belt and she was going to give it to somebody who could help people. Right. And yeah, like he goes to help and they're all fighting and stuff. And like, um, then Saya shows up and like, Sawada just runs at her and impales her. Yeah. Impales her on a car. It's pretty cool. And then like Takuba gets the belt and Kizaki's like belt, please. From now on, only I get to play with it. And then all four Lucky Clovers together in there, and they all transform, and Kizaka becomes Delta. And yeah, it's basically over at that point. Like he's he's just gonna beat them senseless, and he does, and he does, uh, and that's how we end this episode. But uh, twenty nine excellent bike starts with this beating. Takuma butts in and like tries to strangle Kizaka. And then, like, Kazaka grabs him and was like, oh, we'll kill your friend. Then, like, that's when, like, Kazaka's like, I don't care. (laughs) He's like, I don't care. He pulls out a gun and just shoots the shit out of him. And then just starts beating his ass so the writers escape. He's like, like, I told him not to get in my way. He's like, I told you, like, don't interfere. I was having fun. And they escape. And then their whole next seat is, like... Uh, the like writers and Mari talking about Saya getting killed and um, still like it's like oh this belt is for my qu- these belts are for my father mm. I'm Kusaka like it belongs at our school and like Mari just very upset at the death she's like yeah uh, our friend just died like and then who comes in but <laughs> Gatorade comes in he's like uh, what's going on guys wait she died he's like, uh, my my employee's dead my employee that was 18 for legal reasons I was going to talk about her. <laughs> and he just cries in Takabi's crotch. Mm-hmm. But then we see that the Clovers are rejoicing as Kitaki gets his drink, but makes Saiko drink it and it turns to dust in her hands. And Takuma's scared. Sawa doesn't care. Lucky Clover is here again. Uh, and so Kizaki's like, let's try the belts out on the traitors and then let's have a contest. Let's see who could kill Kiba first. And the winner gets to slap the others. And then can you describe what Takuba imagines? He he imagines getting like they say slapped, but it's it's not. It's like uh like a two finger like smack on the wrist type thing. But he imagines because he gets hit by what's his face, uh Kitazaki, that his arm just turns into ash, but it's like done in such a weird way. It's in this like weird psychedelic like fucking Paint backdrop. Yeah. yeah, it's weird. <laughs> then like he goes to the roof and we see Saiko in her element. She's like I got to handle these men. Mhm. He's like, oh, like, don't overwork yourself. And he's like, okay. And just like sucks his sub as she like rubs his head. Uh, this fucking dude. He does, but now he has confidence. Um, he t- uh, the cleaners has Takumi asked Mari about stuff. 
he's like, oh, yeah, he's like, I'm going to – he basically – they have this conversation where she's like, what are you going to do now? And he's like, I'm going to kill them all. I'm going to kill every last orphan arc. It's like you seem to change your opinion on what you're going to do pretty often. I mean, I get that he's grieving here. It's very funny because, like, even in his trauma and rage, it's a point later where he just kind of is like, oh, well, not you. <laughs> like, he's like, it's just – right. Not you. You're fine. And then uh, we get to the president congratulates Sawada and asks about the reunion. And he calls Kusaka a failure for being afraid of th- of that day. And then Smart Lady is like, here's your new house. And she really just wants one of these new Orphanox to fuck her. And they're all too busy, like, looking at flames and shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's... She's like I. She's such a weird fucking character. Like I don't get her. I mean, if anybody has a different reading on her character, that she just wants to have one of these guys like care about her like enough to be like, ha ha ha, I groomed him. Right. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> uh. Yeah. It's it's odd. It's weird. Sawada stares at his ashtray saying, I've evolved past being human. I'm no longer human. I'm no longer human. But yeah. Uh, Katero's like, I'm going to take the day off. And Takumi's just kind of like, ah, why are you mourning her? Like, it's not going to change. It's not going to change that she's dead. You can't bring her back. (laughs) It's like, wow, dude. Like, fuck. It's been a day. And then Takumi gets a ton of customers. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden. Yeah, they're like... All middle-aged like ladies and like he says something like quit your whining and wait your turn. Then the one says, Is this how you talk to paying customers? And he says, This is how I talk to everyone. Not everyone. <laughs> this is how I talk to everyone. You old bitch. He's like, <laughs> and he's like, he's like, he's like, maybe you should do some of your own laundry sometime. I know you all have washing machines. <laughs> and then Kiba walks in and is like, don't worry. He'll be severely punished. I work here too. Ugh. And then like Kiba and Takabi are in the back and Takabi lets Kiba know he wants to kill all the Orthodox as Mari comes home and Kato wakes up and Yuka and Kaido show up and Kaido's good at this acting thing. Oh yeah. Oh dude. <laughs> he's so good. He's like catatonic and he's walking up and just they're sliding automatic door slides shut and he just runs right into it. He's just like no reaction whatsoever. He's just like dung. He's like Ugh. Oh fuck Kaido's so good. I love Kaido. Yeah. And wanna take their watermelon scene? <laughs> sure, yeah. So they're all eating watermelon at a in a fucking circle. And and Kiba's like, he's like, hey, uh, I want to get everyone's opinion on the matter. He's like, <laughs> there, there are Orphanox who still maintain their humanity. Like, who thinks that's cool? And he, like, sticks up his hand, and he's the only one, and he just, like, elbows Kaido, and Kaido's like, uh, uh, yeah, and Yuka, too. And, like, Mari sticks his hand up, and then, oh, when Yuka does, she takes it down after talking to me. He's like, yeah, well, of course you would. <laughs> Dude, you know that she does. She is. Yeah. And Katero is like catatonic, like he's covered in seeds and shit and like eating the rides. Yeah. She's like, something wrong with you, Kuchi-san? And he's like, uh, no, I'm fine. He just has like a whole bunch of like watermelon seeds on his face. He's like, I'm fine. Just don't worry about me. Uh, 
And Kaido's like eating jerky or something. I don't know what he's eating. Sour kelp. Sour kelp. Oh, okay. And he like gets asked by Takumi, wait, but you were fine, right? And then like, she just offers him some kelp. He's like, here you go. And when Takumi's like talking, when Kiba's talking for him, he offers him some. It's like, damn. Uh, he's like, he's like, you were fives before, right? And he's like, ah, and then Kiba comes and he's like, ah, that was just a one-time thing. He's like, how do you know that? <laughs> Tense watermelon eating. Um, and then on the way home, kind of was like, damn, that was a hard debate. Debate. <laughs> oh, it's so goofy. I mean, he's he's somebody should let him smoke weed. That's what I think. <laughs> and then Yuko, Yuko runs up to this dude selling ramune on the corner. And she's like, hey, can I get three ramenes? He's like, sure thing. And then just instantly melts into fucking ash. <laughs> the best. <laughs> Uh, and like right behind him is Sawada just like conveniently hidden from the camera yep actually you, you can see a little bit of his hat here hang on let me see if I can read it um it says try to be tough of something of your butt something 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 try to be tough of your butt something something okay I'm sure we'll see it later but yeah that sounds about right uh it says okay hang on you got it Try to be tough in something. Yeah, I can't quite read all of it. We'll see it later. Huh? But no. Um. So like, <laughs> he's like just dramatically hidden though, and he comes out and attacks Kiba, and they all transform, but they get knocked in the water. So it's just just him and Kiba. Y- Yuka and Kaido get fucking thrown in the the river again, and like not in a bad way, just like a, oh we're in the water. Like they're not like beat up really. <laughs> No, yeah, they just got tossed in the water. That's when Takumi is like leaving with Kiba's laundry. And then he like sees Kiba's like, oh, that's him. Attacks him. Oh, wait, no. Um, that's when Kiba gets attacked by Takuma and then like escapes and then gets attacked by like and then gets like attacked by like Psycho and stuff. Yeah. He gets attacked by uh Takuma and the whatever. And then he gets, yeah, and then he gets attacked by Psycho. And then, and then he gets attacked by Faisal, but it's like, yep, Takumi sees like, that guy, <laughs> that guy. And in the middle of this, we see Kizaki underground. He's like, oh, cool bike. <laughs> and then um, he shows up while Faiz and Kiba are fighting and like is on this bike called the Jet Slinger, which is like a VTOL, like hover, half hover. Yeah, it's like it's a halo bike. <laughs> basically yeah it's got missile racks and stuff you control it by like there's like one handle that turns the power and one that it's weird it's super strange um yeah it's it looks like some fucking akira shit mm -hmm. and he says something like bye bye and like missile attacks them and they both get knocked back to human and they're like that guy and another episode ends with takumi getting hit by missiles <laughs> but what's gonna happen yeah th- i think this is the end of this episode is like the big kind of reveal they get beat up by fucking um delta and they both deterrent transform and they see each other and they're like it's you and i didn't know when this happened it's like in my head i was like oh yeah 
first they know it's each other and then there's a misunderstanding at some point in the future and then i was like oh <laughs> next immediately there's a misunderstanding mm-hmm. uh but yeah um i liked takumi becoming a big racist and being like i'm gonna kill all the orthodox it's like it made sense character wise like right. he would say something he, that like he didn't really believe there but also something that the x-men comics can't do that the x horror like that the x-men movies can't do that the x-men comics can do is like actually use the like frame of like being a marginalized group to show hate <laughs> and right. i liked just like the way kiba acted being like oh like this dude i really like wants to kill me <laughs> and doesn't even know that i'm part of this group that was pretty good i think uh but yeah still not like I'm glad it's not like and being an orthodox is the same as being gay like X-Men tried to make it be but mm-hmm. it's not a perfect fantasy thing but I liked that it was like oh here's somebody I trusted spouting hate speech like that worked for me yeah you know I don't know but episode 30 of uh, Masato's Trap and yeah it is <laughs> yeah it fucking is but uh, they're saved by the auto javin Yes, of course, because why wouldn't they be like he 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 just feels like he shows up whenever it's most convenient to like fucking save their ass. <laughs> he does. Yes. But he knows he's a danger and he knows when you're asleep mm-hmm. for some, some some reason. I don't. And then um, want to take these next couple scenes, David, just like the, sure. Uh, summary part. Um, one sec. Oh, um, this is where Takumi tries to help keep it up as they're escaping. Right. So he 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 picks them up, and they're they somehow teleport out to like the riverside in what looks like Kawasaki. Um, and there's they're like, oh, they want to kill each other now because now they know they're like, oh, we've been friends now, but we've been lying to each other about who we were, which to me is like really weird. If you had found out like. Oh, the guy I'm actually like super amicable with is is this thing like that's what we're calling it. Well, I mean, they were amicable before this. So it's like, I don't know, like it couldn't have been that bad. Right. I love to amicably almost kiss at the batting cages. I mean, who doesn't? Uh, But no, yeah, it's just like they both know they've been lying to each other. They've both been like oh yeah same lie and haven't said anything a couple times you know right yeah, yeah yeah so to me like i don't know as like a character i would have been like oh okay well we'll just talk this out and figure out what the fuck's going on but they just don't do that like they leave the scene pissed at each other yeah and it's like okay wh- why though to their credit they do kind of immediately like get over it in the next couple scenes yeah that's true they do a little bit because Sakami's like oh they all live together huh right yeah, yeah, yeah and he goes back to his thing of like give up on Kiba Damari right well because now he definitely knows he's like oh yeah he's a fucking orphanoc but like again this comes back to my last episode uh, of the podcast where I'm like he can just turn into a human. It's not like he has to be a fucking weird monster, man. 
I think he just thinks that he's a monster, so he's going to kill her, you know? Sure. Man, Takumi must really wish that somebody would want to date Mari, who he doesn't think is a murderer. Uh, <laughs> the same scene happens in reverse with Kaiba and like Yuka, too, where he's like asking her about stuff. And like, and then there's a weird scene of uh, Kusaka and Sawada meeting at this mountainside like park terrace like viewing area. Oh, no, no, no. So they meet at like this like fucking I think it's a dam, actually. I'm like almost pretty sure this is a dam. Is this not this? It was in Deno. Yeah. Well, is this not the same dam that is also used like years and years and years later in um, Zero One? Oh, probably. Yeah. Yeah, I bet it's the it. There's a pretty famous dam you can go visit just outside of Tokyo, so that would make sense. Because Kusaka wants the belt back, but then Sawada's like, "You're a failure," and they fight, and Sawada runs away like a spider. Yep, he like runs down the the fucking uh the dam, and then the best part of the episode comes. Oh, baby, it's boy time! Fuck yeah! I don't know why they're hanging out. Kaido and and Keitaro are hanging out. But like they just are. We've established that they like to talk about girls that that don't like them and vibe. This is true. That's true. They do do that. And what do they do? They're like, oh, things change. Stuff changes. Everything changes. What do we need to be better? They're like, we need we need to change. So they decide they're going to they're going to change and it will pay off later in the episode. Um. Kiba and and Madi have like a a meeting and Kiba's like, oh, like, I want to ask about Takumi. Like, what's up with what? Like, what's his deal? Like, is he a nice guy? What's going on? And Kiba took her to like one of those restaurants you only go to to like get divorced at. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. And Mari's like, he's actually really sweet. And like, here's about protecting people, you know, and the same conversation happens in reverse, though. Right, with, with Yuka and uh Takumi. So like, oh okay, like maybe there maybe this is just a big misunderstanding. And that's like the the episode, right? That's where things end. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. No, fuck no. We get the most fucking changer on ass dumb shit. <laughs> so fucking Kaido and Kathro show up in like the middle of like a shopping street and they're like oh yeah like now we're changed now we're cool and they they have like fucking badly dyed blonde hair like Kateros is like basically orange and they just fucking swing on fucking shades and put on like leather fucking jackets and they're like yeah now we're now we're we're bad boys we're cool now there's this scene later where like Kateros talking and he has like a deeper voice he's like Oh yeah, babe, it's all right. Just like it's all good. Let's just stop trying to be calm. Yeah, don't worry about it. I'm cool. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's fucking goofy. Like it's so goofy. I love this shit. Like I do miss when side characters existed in Kamen Rider because like it's kind of reached a point where a lot of times like, oh yeah, this side character is a writer. <laughs> like I like that it's not like everybody is just this part of the action scenes too you know yeah then Takumi and Kiba meet at a shrine and they're like oh yeah it's kind of awkward but we're good right like, oh maybe we'll be good 
like maybe we could trust each other. And I was like, okay, cool. I didn't know how this resolved. I'm glad they just talked about it. I were like, sorry, we had the wrong idea. Mm. We should stop on site trying to murder each murder other. Each other. <laughs> maybe we should stop doing that. And like they end their conversation like, oh, maybe we can learn to get along. But then conveniently somebody's getting murdered. Getting murdered in the shrine by a weird like monk orphanoc. Yeah, let me look this guy up. Um I don't know what fucking animal this guy is. Um Okay. Sawada is a dude. Sawada is a dude. Okay. Minor orphanoc. Because this is a definition of a minor orphanoc. Mm-hmm. Worm, sea human, rabbit, frog. <laughs> He's the stink bug. Yeah, uh, okay, sure. Sure, okay. So later on. Kasuka and Kiba meet up on an overpass in Shinjuku and they're like, oh, um, what's what's the deal here? Like, he's like, oh, Kiba's he was like, oh, so you attacking me was all just like for show. Like, you just <laughs> wanted to figure out getting into smart brain. He's like, yes, that's exactly what happened for 100 percent for sure. I was so mad at fucking Kiba here. You fucking idiot. He's just so dumb. Because like both guys are smiling after their fight, and like Kasuka has been watching them with clenched fists. Yeah, and then he just tells him all the bad things about Takumi, and they're all just things about himself. Mm-hmm. Can't trust Takumi. It's all a game to him. And Vice's powers exist only to test himself. He's a threat to humanity and orthodox. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's fucking. He's a gaslight gatekeep girl boss. This uh, Kuzuka. He's just good at yep. this. And that's when Mari, I think, talks about Katero. She's just, she's just in the car with Katero, and she's like, that hair is seriously freaky. And he's like, yo, leave me alone. I've changed. I'm too... Uh, he said, I've changed. This is... He's like, what did he say? The proof is in my blonde hair. That's what he says. <laughs> she's like, you've lost it. Like, you're fucking nuts. Okay, I have to ask a question. They get jumped again by the Orphanoc while they're driving their fucking car. How many motherfucking times do they get jumped in that fucking car by Orphanox? It happens like every episode. Does Katero know that Kimura stole his car and then got impaled on it last episode? Probably not. Probably not. But no, yeah. It's it's funny at this point how the show's like, hey, we're going to do our shit. We got a lot of tropes to get there. Mm-hmm. Missiles to or like a like river to edit the episode. That's really all we got. Okay, getting jumped while you're driving. Yeah, how often people are just driving places and then they're like, oh no! In a situation they could escape if they just like turned is very funny. But yeah, as Tarby's driving, <laughs> we see that Kuska is set up to shoot him yes. from a railing. And then just knocks him out and takes the fire. He takes gear. the fire's belt. And he eventually finds uh, Kiba. Who just saved Mari and Kidero. And he transforms into Fies. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who are running away from the Orphanoc. Um, and they get saved by Kiba. And then uh, Kuska as Fies shows up and <laughs> beats up Kiba. And he's like, oh, what the hell, man? Like, I thought we were friends now. What the fuck? And, like, of course, he doesn't talk as Fies because that would give him away instantly. 
He just makes like a cutthroat gesture. Cutthroat gesture. Yeah. He, he emotes on him. And <laughs> and he's like, he's like, he's like, you really are my enemy. Like, he was fucking dumb. He's so fucking stupid. He's so fucking stupid. And he's just like getting fought. And there's this moment where like as Fies, Kuska does a dropping punch through his sword and like pins of the ground, knocks him out. It's like, damn. And he, he cancels his transformation and hits a classic smile. This is yeah. like the smile for Kuska that I remember. The smile right here. The evil, the evil grin. And then fucking Takumi shows up. <laughs> And he's like, hey, uh, how'd you get? Here's the thing, right? He's like, he he's like, oh, what'd you do to him? He's like, oh, he had your belt. No, he fucking didn't. Are you dumb? Takami comes off real dumb here because he should know better. He literally got shot by fucking lasers. Yeah, he got shot by laser doctors. Like, oh, that must have been Kiba's sword. Must have been Kiba's sword doing lasers. Yeah. So the story that Kuzka says is, oh, I got your belt because I was actually getting it back for you from Kiba, who stole it from you. And that's why I beat up Kiba. He's on the ground because I was actually helping you. <laughs> and then they get shot by Delta. It's dumb. Just the way that Kuzka plays them here is crazy. Nobody should fall for I mean, no. Yeah. I can get Kiba falling for this. He's too trusting. But Takumi knows what, like, the score is of Kuzka. Yeah. Like, I would immediately be sus, suspect of, like, like, what the fuck? This guy? Yeah, trying to help me. Like, all of a sudden, like, he's he's gone out of his way to be like, oh, you, I fucking don't like you. Like, I'm going to do some horse shit. Yeah, and, like, it's clear, oh, I don't want these two people to be teaming up. It's bad for me, so I want them to be fighting. Okay, perfect. So, <laughs> Delta shows up. And he he goes to fight them and he, he calls the fucking what is it called? The jet schlager. The jet slinger. Jet schlager is pretty good though. I like that. No, it's called the it's literally in the it's the jet slagger. Jet slagger, that's what it is. The jet slagger. It's not jet slinger. I thought it was jet slinger. Sli it's slager. S-L-I-G-E-R. Slager uppercut. Yep. So he 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 goes like three eight two one or whatever. He says it into like his his communicator and summons the giant bike. And Takumi, in a rare moment of genius, goes like, "Well, what if I do that?" And he puts in <laughs> three eight two one, and another one shows up. And he's like, "Yeah, I'm so fucking cool, Kuzuka." And he's like, "Sweet." He's like, "I'm so, I am so big brain right now." <laughs> the fact that it works is very good it's classic right yeah the fact that it works is fucking funny because it's like okay so they made like how many of these so can like they just all use the same powers i think um have they said it's not really a spoiler but like the delta gear is like a prototype right have they said that yes no that like i don't know well there you go Delta gives a prototype. Some stuff shows up again, is all I'll say. How's that? Um, okay. But so, um, fucking, he has one. He's like, yeah, we're going to fight. And they fucking play chicken. Kizaki understands 3D space while they're playing chicken <laughs> and pulls off some cool moves. Yeah, he, he does a side drift. 
he's doing new type shit to him. He's like, yeah, fucking, I know this shit. And they they literally have like a fucking gunfight while riding a giant Acura bike. It's actually pretty awesome. I'm not gonna lie. It's like a great pistol fight because um, we haven't mentioned that like the so how the Delta Belt works is that it's like it has like a a like pistol grip that's like voice commanded. Yeah, and then it has like a little rest of the gun, but it's like a camcorder disguise basically. And right. they put the pistol grip in the camcorder and it becomes Delta, but also a, a gun. gun. So Takumi's trying to fight with his phone. He's just getting wrecked. And like his mm-hmm. thing breaks down. A like wheel pops off. And like, man, Kizaki is like totally like in like a video game where it's like, oh, like one person gets the, like the movement text. He's like sliding yep. up buildings and stuff. And then the episode ends where Kiba gets uh, not Kiba. Uh, Takumi gets blown up with missiles, and that's the end of the episode. The audacity! This is the second episode in a row that ends that way. Yes, is kind of astounding. In a row, like not just like in this series. In a row, it's our third time in the series because Takumi was like getting gonna get killed by missiles by Kusaga, I think earlier. Right. That's true. Yes, you're right. So this is just fucking cool. Uh, it's just like, oh yeah, we don't care. You're in the water, you're out. Fair enough. And missiles end episodes. You really fucking Mandela effect me with Jet Slager. I always thought it was Slinger. Yeah, it's Jet Slager. Now you know. I'm sure there's like codes for a lot of stuff in the phones. Like I know that like, oh probably yeah, some version of the belts come with like a phone book or something, and there's like different commands like this and this um and i think some versions of it you can call like Kato's number and then Kato will be like hey we got some laundry or something <laughs> see he <laughs> hasn't good. he hasn't learned the the 555 on the fucking thing yet what do you mean well like doesn't he use he uses like 555 to do something special on the belt that's how he transforms is that really how maybe i blocked it out of my brain yeah because um he presses five 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 and goes henshin into the thing then um it's nine one three for kaiza and it's three 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 for delta uh three for delta Hmm. i don't know why uh that's important for delta because he doesn't have to say it or like type it in like because because three is like a triangle and triangles are delta and geometry. That's why. That's literally why. And you don't even know what you just predicted. Oh, oh. You'll see. Uh, big spoilers coming from. I know math. Yeah, you know some math. But no, um, that's Fies. That's Fies, baby. And when Masato started to do his shit, I was like, oh. This is Fies. This is Fies at its best. And also, I'm surprised to how this was one of the best CG fights in Toku. It is from 2003. Yeah, it's not bad. Somewhere around here, I think, is when the movie comes out. The movie has such wild. It's unrelated entirely. We'll see some elements get brought in. It spoils stuff in the show, but it's also like stuff in the... It's weird. Um, But just... Keep in mind that there's some stuff in the this is what this comes out around. So 
I guess there's an alternate timeline here. Okay. That happens from these episodes, but it's not important to the movie. It's also a very alternate timeline. But yeah. Oh. Is this where is this where stuff like blaster form comes in, or is that later in the series? Because I've seen that suit, so it's complicated. Okay. When we watch the movie, I'll be able to talk about it. But like there's a lot of stuff that it's kind of strange. Like there's definitely some stuff for the movie that comes in some that doesn't. And I'm like, I always wondered why that was the case, but um, maybe in the 20 year after special, we'll know more about it. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. But no, um, that's Fi's part six uh, next time. Hopefully we'll have Steph back to talk about uh, our seventh chunk. Uh, we're in the latter half, but for now, David, as we come to the end, I got some questions for you. All right, lay them on me. Who are your top three favorite characters this time? Uh, Kaido, Kaido, and Kaido. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Uh, I would say probably. Hmm. Number one, I would say. I mean, maybe it has to be uh, Sawada. He's fucking weird. Like, it just. Everything of surrounding him in this set of episodes is fucking goofy. Um, then number two is Takumi. Number three is maybe Kasuka. I mean, yeah, it's a not favorite character. It's best character, you know. Sometimes it's like, right? Yes, yeah, that's true. It's fucked fucker territory. Um, man, I would love to know why Yuka smiled at Katero like that because it did not come yeah, up. Yeah, I don't... It was weird. I don't... That was strange. My top three. Um, This is hard because no offense to the Rusei school. Uh, didn't really pull too much uh, besides Sawada, I guess. So um, I guess I'd probably go... Man, Kimura wasn't that great either. She just kind of showed up that's another trope is here's this character who shows up to die for you to feel sad um and she's a lot of that um but no um number three i'm actually give it to Katero. i liked him here like i liked his like weird meta how come nobody's including me oh no i know what happened i'm depressed <laughs> situation number two i'll give to sawada he's fun um mm. he's <laughs> He knows the assignment. Um, and probably Kusuka at one because he is just really feeling himself. He's like getting his weird schemes going. And question number two, David. Shave or wax? How do you manscape? <laughs> do I need a change? Is that what you're saying? Well, you could mortgage your house and get yourself a crystal palace down there. I could, so yeah. Oh, okay. I see. I wish I had a fucking house to mortgage, to be perfectly honest with you. <laughs> I don't know what the metaphor is anymore, David. I'm really confused. Mm. But no, um, what was your favorite toku of the of this whole episode? Fight scenes, monsters, heroes. Oh man. There was a lot of good fights in this one. I'm gonna have to say for as goofy and two thousand you know, early two thousands as it was the, the bike fight with the pistols is just great. Like it's enjoyable. It's set up really goofily where it's like, Oh yeah. Like if I call the same number, I also get a bike. 
it's so good and like i just like how it's as bad as the like cg looks they did a cool fight with it and making it a gunfight and not like weapons on the like vehicle fight is also very funny i'll say that but also just we get a lot of new stuff here we get sawada we get delta we get the jet slager um so a pretty good shout out to uh to delta we'll see more of that of like what that suit can do when it gets to actually like do finishers and stuff uh but it's fun and our coveted most important award we can give david mm. best outfit oh i mean i have to give it to fucking Kadero and kaido they they tied for second um some good takabi outfits like he's wearing like a lot of graphic tees and stuff mm-hmm. but it it doesn't touch that come on sawada though he's got a character look oh he does have he does good he's got pretty good i mean he just looks like the dude from deno he came in and he said i want people to be able to not get recognized while cosplaying and i want them to do it hard and he did that that's fair kitazaki's got his weird off the shoulder look <laughs> yeah i don't know that's really popular in japan but i've i've never understood why it makes him look like a kid trying to fight his teddy bear to me yeah he like he doesn't his, his shirt's too big yeah and like maybe that's part of the idea and then there's one other outfit i was thinking of um crap oh i enjoyed how kimura was like i got this like big like hat on at all times uh but no um has to be the two bros though they're too strong to uh fight there of course of um, course. how could it not be couldn't but david where can people find you uh when you're uh on threads like posting to people that you know on facebook about <laughs> yeah <laughs> um you can find me at the uh, Tokyo Fresh podcast on YouTube, on Spotify, wherever you can find it, it'll be there. Just take a look. Uh, uh, f- from last time, I um, listened to your Dean Martin episode. It was really good. Yes. Oh, it was, it was a great good episode. Uh, but you can find me. Um, co-host is still a thing. We really haven't used co-host must, but uh, it is uh, me at James D and the podcast at Come Ride With Me. Um, we're still on Twitter. Uh forever that lasts twitter is kind of killing itself um i mean not on threads i i gave one look at that now that's not gonna work um (laughs) maybe we'll get a blue sky suit or mastodon but we'll have more next time i guess but uh you can uh find me um at james forge the podcast at copyright me on twitter there is Comeback.com uh, for episodes and articles slash merch for links that to our merch with all with uh, all proceeds going to the Trevor Project. There is slash episodes for links that different platforms. Please rate and review. Uh, and sending questions to podcast at comeback.com. Uh, wanted to wait till Steph was around for uh, questions uh, or some uh, topics. But also, if you would like to get involved with your own real Toku show, your own real live action, just go out to a wharf today and start punching. Yep. Wharf, abandoned factory, a dam, some stairs, uh, a weird amphitheater. 
The sewer. The sewer. Maybe that's our message today. Go to the sewer. <laughs> that wasn't my answer, but yeah, sure. Uh, toku is where you want it to be. The real toku is your fists. I mean, I can fight anywhere. Maybe that's why they're playing shots at your like grocery store because they like want you to start fighting. Possibly Just a rager. Um, quick sidebar, David. Yes. When you think of how the Ninja Turtles were made, was it a bunch of turtles becoming boys or a bunch of boys becoming turtles? Because I realized recently, I think it's a bunch of boys that became turtles. No, it's it's turtles who became people. I think I saw one of those old cartoons where the like boys became turtles. No, definitely not. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm sure our audience can become Toku. Comrade B is not liable for any punches you two out in the wet. <laughs> For any injuries sustained while performing fight choreography. If you break your pelvis while doing a rider kick, that's fucking funny, but it's not our fault. That's on you. <laughs> <laughs>